With Father's Day right around the corner, what do you give to the man who has everything? Easy. You give him an experience he'll never forget. You give him Omaha Steaks because a world-class dad deserves a world-class steak. The Father's Day experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to put a smile on the big guy's face this summer with hand-selected gift packages starting at just $89. Just go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout for an additional discount when you shop gourmet gift packages for Father's Day. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. Endless flavor, endless variety, and endless value. Truly, they have perfected more than just steak. Your dad is guaranteed to love every bite. Go to omahasteaks.com, use the promo code BLUEWIRE to get an exclusive savings. Shop for unforgettable gifts that are guaranteed to make dad's day. Because if there's one thing that Omaha Steaks knows, it's the dads want steak. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to save on exclusive packages starting at just $89. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Let's talk about baseball. Welcome, everyone. Happy Tuesday. My name's Daniel Port. I'm your host today. And while there were no big brawls on Monday's baseball action, there was still plenty of things to talk about. We're not going to waste any time at all. We're going to jump straight into the action. Let's begin with the news and notes. So while there were no brawls, there were suspensions handed down for that mega brawl on Sunday between the Angels and the Mariners. Jesse Winker got a seven-game suspension. Phil Nevin, the interim manager for the Angels, got 10-game suspension. Anthony Rendon got five days that he'll serve once he returns from injury, and now he cannot sit on the bench for the Angels for the next seven games. Uh, relief pitcher Andrew hit Jesse Winker that sparked the whole thing. Got three-game suspension, as does Brian Tapera. Rizal Iglesias gets a two-game suspension. J.P. Crawford of the Mariners got a five-game suspension. And Julio Rodriguez gets two games. The actual length of those suspensions will likely vary as almost every player in that situation has appealed this, their suspension lengths. We shall see, but uh, stay tuned for more information there. In other news, the Red Sox have announced that Chris Sale will throw three innings in a rehab start for A Portland on Thursday. The White Sox have announced that they believe Yoan Moncada will be ready for his return from the 10-day injured list on Tuesday against the Angels when first eligible. The Dodgers have listed Zach McKistry as day-to-day with a neck injury. He didn't start in Monday's game, and will have to monitor his status for today's game. The Miami Marlins have listed Jazz Chisholm as day-to-day with an undisclosed injury. The New York Yankees have listed Glaber Torres as day-to-day. He didn't start on Monday, and he did receive a cortisone shot to address inflammation in his wrist. Rawls Chapman will make a rehab appearance at AAA Scranton on Tuesday. And then Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is listed as day-to-day with a finger injury. He also did not play Monday. The St. Louis Cardinals placed Jack Flaherty back on the 15-day injured list, this time with a right shoulder strain. And Harrison Bader also moved to the 10-day injured list with an undisclosed injury as well. The Toronto Blue Jays announced that Danny Jansen was spotted taking live batting practice on Monday as he attempts to come back from a finger injury. The Washington Nationals announced that Annabelle Sanchez made his first rehab start Thursday at the Nationals rookie level Florida Complex League, striking out two over three innings while allowing one earned run on one hit and no walks. Now that's the news and notes for our Tuesday here. Let's jump straight into some hitters that caught my eye during Monday's action. For the Nationals, Luis Garcia went three for four with two runs scored. He's uh, honestly, since coming up on June 1st, has been played nearly every day. 
and has made the most of his time. He's hitting 337 with a 347 OBP and 847 OPS with two home runs, 11 RBIs, and 11 runs since coming up. Honestly, though, not sure how long this success can last. He has a 49.8 uh, swing percentage with a 17.5 swing strike rate and a 61.0 contact rate, which means he's swinging at a ton of pitches outside the zone and hitting a lot of them, which means he can't be making great contact. He might be worth a pickup if you want to ride the hot hand, but just no long-term, I'm pretty skeptical. For the Athletics, Ramon Laureano went one for four with a double, a run, and an RBI. This is his fifth double since June 15th, so he's still not hitting well uh, overall. Perhaps he is starting to get going as that's some signs of awakening power, but I'm still not that interested until some of these doubles start going over the wall. Then I'll really start believing in what he's doing here. For the Yankees, Jose Trevino went one for four with a home run, and two RBIs, and a run scored. And... Honestly, looking at all of his home runs, none of them have been gimmies. He has absolutely crushed the ball when he hits it out of the park. He's pulling the ball more than ever, and he's hitting more fly balls than ever. And he's locked into the Yankees lineup every single day. This is a really nice pickup at catcher if you need to fill that slot. And if he's still available in your leagues, go pick up Jose Trevino. For the Red Sox, Alex Verdugo went two for four with a run scored. He's absolutely been red hot. In June, he's extended uh, his current hitting streak to eight games. And over that time period, he has 12 hits, six runs, six RBIs, and a home run. He's hitting 326 with a 396 OBP and an 861 OPS on the month. And he is still available in a bunch of leagues. If he's out there on the wire, grab him now while you still can. Bobby Dahlbeck went two for four with an RBI and a stolen base. He has had a, a 0.712 OPS in June. I just don't see much there. I'd stay away even with the nice night and the stolen base added in there. I'm not that interested in Dahlbeck until I see it consistently. For the Twins, Alex Kirilov went two for three with three RBIs and a walk. He's been red hot over his last seven games. He's hitting 348 with a 370 OBP and 805 OPS with eight RBIs. The power still isn't quite shown up as he hasn't had any home runs over that time period, but he is hitting with a 92.8 mile per hour exit velocity with a 19.2 degree launch angle and a 58.8% hard hit rate over that time period. So you add in a 58.8 fly ball percent and you have to imagine the home runs aren't far behind. He's only 30% rostered in Yahoo leagues and you should be adding him right away if he is available in your league especially if you say neither replace Bryce Harper or someone else in your outfielder at first base. Gio Urshela went three for five with two runs and two RBIs. He had two doubles in this game. He's had six hits, including a homer and three doubles over the last two games. He's a streaky hitter, and he's getting back on a hot streak. He's definitely a guy you want to keep an eye on or pick up in your leagues. He has a 9.7 barrel rate with an 11.9 launch angle and a 40.3 hard hit rate in June. So you imagine the hits are coming so long as he keeps those numbers up. I'd be definitely interested in Urshela if you need to fill in a spot in your infield. Gary Sanchez went three for five with two runs and four RBIs. He had a home run in this game. Sanchez has been absolutely terrible in June. So hopefully this is a sign he's getting on a hot streak as well. He's a streaky hitter, so this shouldn't surprise us. He has a 19.6 barrel rate with an 11.2 launch angle and a 45.7% hard hit rate in June. So you got to assume, again, that at some point the hits are got to come, especially if he starts elevating the ball more than the 39.1% fly ball rate that he's put up so far in the month. So he starts hitting the ball in the air at that rate, that hard, and he's definitely going to start producing. So keep an eye on Gary Sanchez. For the Marlins, John Birdie continued his tear on the base pass. He went one for four with a stolen base. This is his 22nd stolen base on the season. It's 18th in the month of June. He's hitting 323 with a 388 OBP and 797 OPS on the month. He is getting snatched up, but he's not completely gone yet. So he might still be out there on the waiver wire for you. If he is, 
pick him up before it's too late because he's going fast. Garrett Cooper went three for three. And while they were all singles, it would be really hard to find a hotter hitter right now than Garrett Cooper as he's hitting 386 with a 422 OBP and a 952 OPS in June. And if you look at his track record, in 2020, he was a 133 WRC plus hitter. In 2021, he was a 134 WRC plus hitter. And so far this year, He's a 136 WRC plus hitter. So it's right in line with who he is. He's got 16 RBIs on the month. If Garrett Cooper's still out there in your leagues, go pick him up for sure. For the Cardinals, Nolan Gorman went two for four with two runs scored and a double. Gorman has been swinging a hot bat lately since June 18th. He has three home runs with seven runs scored while hitting 276 with a 517 slugging percentage. Could be a sign he's starting to figure some things out. Again, we've talked before, his ceiling is sky high. So if he continues to hit like this, could be worth picking up just to bet on that ceiling and see if he ends up getting it going here in his rookie season. Dylan Carlson went two for four with a double and a triple, two runs and an RBI. He's riding a four-game hitting streak where he has five hits and three runs scored. Uh, there's likely not a ton here, as we've never seen it from Carlson consistently, but certainly with he's young and with his talents, it's well worth keeping an eye on things in case he really is starting to get going here. Now, speaking of getting going, Juan Yepes went two for four with two home runs, five RBIs, and two runs scored on Sunday, if you remember. I said that Yepes was getting the hits, and we were just waiting for the power to show up. And who boy did it tonight. He has a 681 slugging percentage over his last 15 games, an 886 OPS in June, with five home runs and four doubles. This is the power starting to show up in bunches. This is exactly what I want to see from Juan Yepes. If you're looking for a Bryce Harper replacement where you don't have to give up the power, this could also be a really great option there, and he can fill in at first base as well. For the Rockies, Connor Joe went 2-4 for four with a run scored and a double. Connor Joe's really been the only Rocky swinging a hot bat lately. I'll say maybe Brandon Rogers, who we'll talk about in a second, as he is hitting 333 with a 424 OBP and an 810 OPS over his last 15 games. It's his second double in two games. So perhaps we're starting to see the power creep back in as well for Connor Joe, as that had been missing for about a month now. You could do a lot worse than the leadoff hitter for the Rockies, especially in OBP leagues. He's widely available. Brendan Rogers went 2-4 for four with a run scored and a double. He's hitting well over his last seven games. He's hitting 333 with a 355 OBP and a 988 OPS. He has five doubles in those seven games. You have to imagine he keeps that up and one or two of them end up over the fence soon. And we start seeing some of that home run power from Brendan Rodgers. He's widely available, just like Connor Joe. Definitely go pick him up. For the Rangers, Cole Calhoun went two for four with two runs and two RBIs. He's another hitter riding a seven-game hot streak. He's hitting 296 with a 321 OBP with an 840 OPS. He's got a home run. Three doubles and a stolen base over that time period. He's had an incredibly rough June after having a fantastic May where he hit seven home runs in the month. This makes sense. Cole's kind of a streaky hitter. He had an 18.2 barrel rate during that May stretch. And while he hasn't quite gotten back up to there, over the last seven games, he does have an 11.8 barrel rate. So you can see him starting to get back up to that. And maybe we're seeing the start of another hot streak for Cole here. The Rangers hitter, though, we really should be paying attention to is Nathaniel Lowe. You've heard me sing his praises before on this podcast. He went two for three with uh, a run and an RBI and two walks. Honestly, I called him a must-add back on Sunday, and that hasn't changed at all. There may not be a hotter hitter in baseball than Nathaniel Lowe right now. He's now hitting 326 with a 367 OBP and a 976 OBP in June with seven home runs and there's no reason to believe he's slowing down anytime soon. He's still not fully picked up in, in all of the leagues out there. So if he's out there, pick him up, add him to your team as soon as humanly possible. For the Royals, Michael Taylor went one for two with a run and two walks. He's hitting 333 with a 390 OBP and a 912 OPS in June. This is a really great follow-up to his May where he hit 288 with a 351 OBP and a 774 OPS. 
I keep saying every single episode that this won't last, given Michael A. Taylor's track record for his career, but he keeps hitting. He keeps proving me wrong. I'm still skeptical and probably will be for quite a while. But uh, again, I certainly will blame you for riding the hot streak, and I hope he keeps proving me wrong as I'd love to see him succeed. Now that's the hitters, but let's move on to the pitchers that caught my eye here from Monday's action. For the Athletics, Paul Blackburn pitched five innings with giving up three earned runs with seven strikeouts. Against the Yankees, honestly, we'll take that, especially with the seven strikeouts. Coming off of a seven earned run disaster in his last start, this is a good sign for Blackburn. That being said, it was his second straight game with a whip that's significantly higher than the rest of the season. Before the season, he's actually had a whip below one in nine starts on the season. So keeping an eye on how many base runners he's allowing could give us an indication as to whether or not Blackburn is going to continue his run of success or whether or not this might be time to sell high on Blackburn or cut bait. For the Yankees in that game, Jordan Montgomery pitched 6.2 innings with five earned runs and six strikeouts. It's a curious question as to whether or not Jordan Montgomery is coming back down to earth because that's nine earned runs in his last two starts. He's allowed 18 base runners in those two games with just eight strikeouts. Just like Blackburn, Montgomery has lived on limiting base runners. Given he's been so good this year, I'm definitely willing to give him a more leash to see if he can succeed, especially since he's pitching with the Yankees. Eric Fed went five innings with two earned runs and four strikeouts for the Nationals. And he's been actually on a bit of a solid run lately. He's had a 318 ERA over his last three starts with 12 strikeouts and 17 innings. I don't care. I don't buy into it. His O swing percentage is down to a career low. So is his swing strike rate. His stat cast numbers don't look good. I am not uh, buying anything into this. Tristan McKenzie for the Guardians got absolutely rocked by the Twins. He threw six innings, gave up seven earned runs with seven strikeouts. Over the past five starts, McKenzie's ERA has exploded from a 2.65 ERA to 4.03. He's given up starts of five earned runs, six earned runs, and seven earned runs over that time period. Home runs have really been his Achilles heels. He's given up a whopping 10 home runs in that stretch. He, honestly, I've watched those games, and he just simply isn't locating the ball right now. And you have to wonder if fatigue might be playing a factor as uh, consistently high pitch counts on his slender frame could be adding up. If you can, I'd hold on to him until after the All-Star break and see if some rest gets him the right to ship, but I understand if you're looking to cut bait here at this point. For the Rockies, Chad Cool threw nine innings pitched with zero earned runs and five strikeouts against the Dodgers of all teams. We all saw this one coming, right? Cool right now is the textbook cherry bomb. He gave up four earned runs and four strikeouts last outing, but then gives up Two earned runs with seven strikeouts in the start before that. Five earned runs on June 10th. Zero earned runs on June 3rd. So it's hard to predict when he will be successful and when he will not. But he could be really useful in streaming situations in the right matchup. So keep an eye on Chad Cool as well. Martin Perez, finally for the Rangers, threw six innings pitched with four earned runs and six strikeouts. Outside of this one and one other stinker on June 11th against the White Sox, Perez has been really good. If you've ridden his coattails this long, I see no reason to get off now. He does get the Mets next, so I'd be cautious starting him, but there's no real reason to suspect he implodes completely now. So that's also the pitchers that caught my eye. But before we jump into what I'm excited about here today on Tuesday, let's take a second and take a break here. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan... Consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcherless community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherless.com backslash plus and you're going to get your first month free with promo code 
podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. Fantastic. Welcome back. One last thing before we jump into today, we should actually check in with Mark Paquette about today's weather. Thank you very much. Well, we're just in a rather quiet weather pattern, have been for a little long time. I'm not complaining here, but I guess some areas of the country can use some rain. Looking to today, the only place that could have some rain is the Reds at the Cubs. Um, a strong cold front is going to approach Chicago late in the evening. Um, they probably get this game in before there's any threat of rain, but something to keep an eye on. Other than that, just play away and enjoy it, because we know this quiet weather won't last for this long. Have a good one. Thank you so much, Mark. So now we can jump straight into what I'm watching today. First off, Charlie Morton going up in Zach Wheeler. Charlie Morton finally seemed like he might be getting on the right track in his last start. And Zach Wheeler is actually coming off of a rough start. So it'll be really interesting to see these two go head-to-head. These are definitely two pitchers that I'm keeping my eye on. And two really great teams going head-to-head. So it could be a really fun game to watch there. I want to see Michael Walker go up against the Blue Jays. Walker has been fantastic this season so far, and going up against a powerhouse offense is always a really good test. So I want to see how well he does in that situation. The Astros are playing the Mets. That just would be a really fun game in general with two of the best teams in baseball going against uh, each other there. That's definitely must-see TV. Brandon Woodruff is making his return against the Rays, and so that's a start. I want to monitor to see how good he looks in his recovery, see how sharp he looks, uh, that sort of thing. And then finally, the Twins and the Guardians are battling over first place in that AL Central. That's a, a matchup I definitely want to see. And I also want to see Johnny Cueto pitching against the Angels as he's just keeps fighting off father time and i want to see if he can keep that up for sure now in terms of some streamers i'm looking at for the day hitter wise i definitely look at any of the pirates against patrick corbin who's been terrible this year you're thinking diego castillo bly madris jake Sawinski. if you're interested in any of those hitters uh, listen to my sunday uh, podcast on here because i talk a lot about those hitters but those could be really good pickups against patrick corbin any of the marlins against dakota hudson so think jesus sanchez john birdie garrett cooper any of the cardinals against braxton garrett on the other side of that game with Juan Yepes, uh, Brandon Donovan, Nolan Gorman, Dylan Carlson. Those are some hitters that I would be looking at trying to pick up and stream. Now, for pitchers uh, that I might be looking to stream, Keegan Thompson's been really great this season. He's facing the Reds, so that's a really nice matchup for him. Dean Kramer is facing the Mariners. The Mariners have been on a bit of a hot streak lately, so this could uh, blow up in your face. But Dean Kramer's been very good this season, and I'm willing to bet that he does well here too. The one last one is Devin Smelter so far has absolutely dominated the Guardians in the two starts he's faced them on. He gets them again here today. That's another picture that I would be looking to stream here today. So that is our podcast here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it and enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. And I hope the baseball gods shine upon you today. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.